aka Shaka Khan, aka Gundam Winliner, aka Kobe Oko Ono, aka Full Metal Snacker Chick, and welcome to Outlaw Bars, where we talk about everything great and not so great in the world of anime. As always, I have with me. Hey friends, it's Chopin, Trevor Belmont's baby mom, Vlad's other baby mother, but like only the fate apocrypha Vlad. Like, you know the one I'm talking about. Hey everyone, it's Tam. I am every vampire's baby mother, and that's just nobody Hell cares. Hell no, you are yeah. not. Well, no. vampire hussy, no. nobody well, cares. Okay. okay. Well, I warned you guys last episode. I told y'all. Okay, <laughs> I told you that he was great, and you were like, I don't. I'm not sure. Because you know, I like, didn't I'm, watch. I'm I didn't watch ahead like you did. Also, I don't care who y'all claim. I'm still gonna claim who I claim. And also, I have with me Lily, who will probably be rubbing on the mic because she's fucking rude. Okay, well, I thank her, like her for owner. the work that she does. Just right. like her well, owner. We're two Libras. Just like her mom. We're two Libras living the American dream. And there she go. Hey, Lily, yeah. what's up? Which, what, uh, let me translate that for you. Mom, you're full of nonsense. You can't have every damn vampire. That's what she said. I don't, I don't think that's what she would say. I think that's what she said. Anywho, if you haven't guessed right now, we are still talking about Fate Apocrypha, which we are watching for Outlaw Views. And I figured that at this point in the game that we could have the homunculi conversation. So if you've been watching Fate Apocrypha or if you have watched Full Metal Alchemist, you are familiar with the concept of homunculi. And by definition, a homunculus refers to the medieval legendary concept of an artificially created human. Um, For the most part, they are believed to be soulless, depending on the lore that you are reading. And for that reason, humans like to use them in some unethical ways to be kind. So I figured today we'd like do a bit of a deep dive, if you will, into the homunculi of Fate Apocrypha and kind of compare them with the homunculi in one of my favorite series, Fulmida Alchemist. So I will cede the floor to Chopin because I know she's had words about these homunculi for weeks. <laughs> uh, hey, friends. Uh, so Diva made a good point about how excited I am about like this homunculus shit. Cause even as I was watching, I was sad for these creatures. I, it got me really thinking. So at this part in the series, we are familiar with our homie Sieg, right? The homunculi who somehow uh, is able to escape with the help of, you know, Astolfo Bay. Uh, and somehow he meets the real Siegfried. And Siegfried decides that he would rather commit suicide than be bound to his piece of shit master, LOL, and puts his heart inside of this homunculi. So homunculi are basically treated like tools. They're soldiers. Um, and if you're, if you haven't been keeping up with us thus far, all of these homunculi are essentially just a bunch of magical batteries. They're clones that have been imbued with magical power. So you always have an alternate source of energy. So the question now becomes, when you have a clone, are they really people? Like, you know that they're human beings in the sense that they can complete tasks and things like that. But they tell Sieg, you don't have any dreams. You don't have any aspirations. um, You don't really make any decisions on your own. And the question now becomes, where does our humanity lie? Does it lie in being conceived with you know a sperm and an egg does it lie with having dreams for ourselves where is that because if you look at like some of the characters like on the show like you have um Siegfried's terrible master he doesn't really have any kind of true motivation outside of trying to control Siegfried does that make him a human like his like kind of weird creep desire just to like exert his will over another person or like that pervy um titty master the one with the glasses astolfo's uh master how do you make that kind of decision so of course for me i think that it's like super unethical and gross uh to use people in this way and i love seeing sieg decide that he's going to do something for himself that he wants to have a chance to live and that his life is worth fighting for. 
And that kind of drives the conversation as to what makes somebody a person. Now in divas, like I'll like lob it over to diva. In Full Metal Alchemist, homunculi are different. Like you have like envy, greed, all of them are homunculi, right? Yeah, they're all homunculi. So depending on which version you're looking at, so if you're looking at the 2003 version, the way that they come to be is slightly different than in the manga and the 2009 version. Um, both of them have their virtues and their vices, um, but I'll start with 2009 because that's kind of the purest way that we get them. And basically what happens is we have the original homunculus who was known as father. And he was created hundreds and hundreds of years ago before the start of this, before the start of the series um, by um, an alchemist, um, in Xerxes and the land beyond the land that no one ever seems to go to or acknowledge exists. And what he does is, um, he kind of, in an attempt to become the ultimate being, he purges himself of the seven sins, which he believes makes humans imperfect because in full metal alchemist homunculi have this overwhelming belief that they are better than humans simply because they're strong they're better they're faster they're stronger in that sense um they can do fantastic things with their body they're able to regenerate they don't succumb to illness and injury the way that humans do but they do have their shortfalls as well so um and that's in like the 2009 version and the 2003 version i think it's a little bit closer to what we um kind of what we're seeing in fate apocrypha not thinking about it no not really but in the 2003 version of Full Metal Alchemist, the seven homunculi that we know are still named after the seven deadly sins, um, but each one is created when an alchemist attempts a human transmutation. So you have Lust, who is actually, who is actually, um, I'll just, she was um, Scar's brother's lover, and she died. Like, he tried to bring her back. Didn't quite work. You get Lust, Envy was actually um, created by Ed and Al's father, which is why in the 2003 version, Envy holds a lot of resentment toward Ed and Al because Honenheim actually raised them. And he's like, nigga, why didn't you raise me? Like you created me just like you created them. Granted, the methods were different, but I'm just as much your son as they are. So why did you leave me behind? Um, in the 2003 version, they invert pride and wrath. So King Bradley in the 2003 version is actually pride. And, um, actually he wasn't just hold on. He was the only homunculus who was created with the purpose of trying to take over the world. Basically he's the only homunculus who ages and then wrath, um, who is the little boy, Selim Bradley. He's actually the unborn child of Izumi, who is Ed and Al's, um, teacher's son. She lost, she lost a child. Um, she miscarried her child, tried to bring it back and it didn't quite work in this version. And then Sloth, which is like the most fucked up one of all, that's the homunculus that Ed and Al created <laughs> when they tried to bring their mother back. And that's in the 03 version. Yeah. In the 09 version, they all come from father, which makes it a little bit cleaner. And you can kind of see how like the the strands kind of weave back to your one central villain and the O3 version is a little bit all over the place. And there's this other, this other figure called Dante, which I don't acknowledge because who the hell are you? But one thing that you get is that the homunculi in the O3 version retain the partial identities of their past human selves. So when you look at Sieg from um, Fate Apocrypha, where like he grabs the sword and he like leaves with it and he's like, should I take it? He was like, well, it's Siegfried's sword. You have as hard as your sword now, but like almost like that sword was calling to him because he has bits of Siegfried's memory in him. And in the O3 version of the homunculine Full Metal Alchemist, they really wrestle with like their past selves, like the people who they were, who were trying to be resurrected with the abominations that they are now. And that causes a lot of the violent behavior and the psychoses that you see in them in the O3 version. Yeah, it's, they like in, Earlier versions of the Fate series, you know, Illis Veal or the the little girl with the white hair who, um, she was basically created like she was like the most recent version of Homunculi created, uh, same kind of shit, magical circuits, 
to become a master. You remember her? She had a, like she had her own berserker and shit like that. Um, I think so. I think it it's a weird thing for someone to be like, we really need a magical weapon, so we're just going to create one. And fuck you as far as your feelings. Fuck you as far as uh, your particular hopes and dreams. You're just like an empty vessel that we put energy into. And it's you see it often in anime, like the 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 parallel that I drew is the same like with Ajin because you have these quote unquote humans, right? No one knows how Ajin are created, but once they find them, they are willing to experiment on them, they are willing to do all this horrific stuff to them, and they kind of write it off or kind of like wave it away by saying, "Well, they're not really people, so what we do to them doesn't really matter." And then you have poor Kay who is experiencing like this particular crisis about who he is and like what really makes him. Um, same thing with all the, maybe not all, but like with the Jinchuriki in Naruto. So you have these vessels that have demons sealed in them. Although in their case, they were like human babies. But now what is in them becomes more important than what they are. And they have to wrestle with those two parts of themselves. And I don't know whose stupid idea it was, was just to like be like, you know what? We really need magical energy. We're just going to create clones. In Fate Apocrypha, you have Team... Is it Team Red? Is that the one with the white-haired, uh, terrible uh, Yeah, with priest? the horrible priest. Yeah, that'll be right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they have skeleton soldiers. And in our last live tweet, I was like, okay... If you need an undead army, this seems like a much better way to go to get your point across than to create a bunch of fucking people. Like, even um, when Sieg goes back, when he wants to, like, start freeing the other homunculi, he meets one. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? We don't matter. We are just tools. And he's like, no. So So he was trying to free them? I thought he was just trying to help them. He wants, like... So there's a point on the, like, once the skeleton soldiers hit the battlefield, there's one girl who, like, gets, like, run through or something or, like, who almost dies. And he goes to, like, get her and to take her and say, hey, you're not going to die here. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, like, I, just, you- I, I just thought, so when I saw that, I interpreted as, like, he just wanted to help like i didn't see it as oh i'm trying to like free you i just thought it's like oh, i'm trying to be helpful and like help my people well, i don't know i just be i just read it differently no no that because like but when he left his 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 mentor's house or his sponsor's home or whatever like he basically was wrestling with what he should do now now that he has his own life his own will his own awareness what would he like to see happen and he's like, well, I got to go back and like free the rest of my niggas. And I guess he chose the most straightforward route, which is through an active battlefield. And he just, he meets that one girl, the girl that Tam is talking about. And it's so fascinating. Like, I, I really appreciate like seeing that kind of like character development, because then you ask yourself, like as a person who's watching, how do I determine like what makes me? Is it? you know, the things that I want to do, is it how I want to be to other people and shit like that. And I just think it's like dope as fuck that you have someone who could have just taken his magical sword and gotten the fuck out of Dodge. I mean, there's a holy grail war in your city. Take your shit and go. Like, that would be like, that, uh, can you imagine? Like, imagine a bunch of niggas are out here fighting in Baltimore. Nigga, I will be on the next mark. Get the fuck out. Like, we don't have to stay here. But instead, he was like, I don't want to just, like, stand idly by. And even Ruler says it in our very first live tweet. She's like, um, LOL, I totally lied to you about you not being integral to this, like, whole process. <laughs> um, because she saw, she saw that, like, him having Siegfried's heart wouldn't have been, like, for nothing. Uh, but I think, I would just watch it and I was like, it reminds me to treat all people more kindly. Because it's just like, like with Ajahn, which in Jinchuriki with Homunculi, yes, we don't have any of that kind of stuff right now, but we're getting closer and closer to cloning, right? We we already clone animals and shit like that. How do we determine rights for those kind of entities? Who gets to decide uh, the humanity of another person? And once you start making those kind of decisions, then the slope is too slippery 
like the goalpost moves and all of a sudden you don't get included in that group of people and it's it's too gross a thing to like uh you know to mire yourself in i think yeah yeah i gave this a lot of thought like a lot of weirdo ass thought no because um that just reminded me that um, in Fullmetal Alchemist, they have something that lies kind of between the homunculi and the skeleton soldiers that we see in um, Fate Apocrypha. And it's these mannequin soldiers who are basically like lesser homunculi. All they know how to do, like once they're awakened, is to go forward and to eat everything in its path. Gross. That's all it does, but it's not... It doesn't have a sense of consciousness. Like, it's not capable of thought. All they know is that they have this hunger because, um, is it Caster's? It's um, the Black Caster's um, master who looks so damn good for his age because he's been pretty much draining homunculi to keep himself young in order to make homunculi in Fullmetal Alchemist, you have to create something called the Philosopher's Stone. You get a philosopher's stone by killing thousands of people. It's a million. There's like a movie where they tell you the exact number of souls it takes to create a philosopher's stone. One million. Yeah, I'm like, it takes like a ton to the point where in Full Metal Alchemist, their father actually uses King Bradley, who was a homunculus himself, to infiltrate the military become the ruler of the country and stage various military actions where massive amounts of people die at one time. And each time they do that, it kind of fuels the philosopher's stone to the point where father can kind of emerge as this all powerful being. Wow. That's horrible. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, it's, it's great to watch it. The animation is amazing. And like, once you figure it out and like, you see the entire country is just one big ass um, transmutation circle. It's like awesome and like freak and scary and freaky all at the same time. You're like, oh, that's great. Ooh, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things like you want to be excited, but you know you shouldn't. I think the juxtaposition between, we talked about this last time, between like the servants this go around. Like you always have servants that kind of do what they want. Like some of them will turn on their own masters and stuff like that. But in this series, you have servants that are wholly their own. Like, yes, yeah. you, you work for your master or whatever, but you had one person who fucking committed suicide. You had another person who did the exact opposite of what a normal person would do in that situation. Like, you like you see one of your tools just out and about, and you're like, I'm going to help you escape because everyone should be allowed to do whatever they want to do, even though that's the opposite of what a fucking Holy Grail War is about. We Like, you can't just, like, go rogue and shit. And... I think having those two kinds of things side by side, because when Fat Bastard is like really upset about the fact that Siegfried has like killed himself, he's like yelling at a homunculi and she's like, I actually don't feel emotion, so I get why you're upset, <laughs> but, right. but also this doesn't have shit to do with me, so I'm just going to keep standing here, but I need you to understand that we're not the same, I don't understand what's going on with you. But I hear you, bro. And then that was like, he was just like shaking with anger. And it was very funny because fuck him forever. Um, Listen, fuck that fat bastard. Like I say it every time I see him on the screen. Every time. I'm glad he's out of the battle because like you didn't deserve, you didn't deserve Siegfried. Isn't it weird? How did he get like such a good hero? Like usually they're like well matched. Like you have Mordred with a necromancer. Although she's the only one who like seems to like have a master who's like worth a damn. Um, no, no, Fiore, the little girl in the wheelchair, she's worth a damn. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I like the fact that her servant is a centaur. She went, he went, and she went all Doc Ock on us with the with the metal legs and whatnot. Yeah. I was fucking with it. I fucked with the vision. <laughs> and they all have, like, solar names, like Jupiter and Uranus or whatever the fuck all of her, like, little uh, extremities were called. Um Cause you know why? Cause she was probably watching Sailor Moon as a youth. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. Um, excuse, right. Well, excuse you. The prototype. <laughs> God damn it. The prototype. 
Sure, it, sure, she's sure. She's one of you goddamn sure. magical warriors. Did y'all just learn about these magical warrior heifers at, at Anime NYC? She's she's not a magical girl. What's, she doesn't meet any of the criteria I'm, for magical girl. First yeah, of all, yeah, she's technically she's listen, not a magical listen, girl. Listen, listen, I am rejecting your reality and substituting my own magical. Okay, so <laughs> and, and can we talk about you rejecting people's reality? Because, hello, listeners, it's Tam. I've been mostly silent because I don't know shit about homunculi and this is not my area of expertise. But I just want to touch on a tidbit with your girl, Diva. Okay, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but let's just say a certain, a certain vampire wifey was right about the outcome of a certain show. Yo, which shut I your told, face. Sh- excuse me. Which I told Diva, and she was like, I reject your reality and accept mine. And I was like, but you probably could search your tweets and find that I told you that this was how it's going to be. So I just want to put out there that your girl Diva has been delusional for the past couple of days. And I think it's because a certain anime bait of hers is no longer with us. So forgive her. And I'm just, why would you bring that up? Because you you brought up rejecting people's reality when people are giving you the truth, okay? That's that's delusion. The truth is in front of you and you are rejecting the truth for something that is made up in your head. That's a little that's a little crazy. That's a little crazy. For those of you who don't know know what all this cloaked language is about, it's about fucking Junie Tyson. Okay, that's what this is about. I was trying not to ruin. I was trying not to ruin it because I don't know if everyone is a watching or caught up. And again, if you're not watching Junie Tyson, I don't. I don't really feel like we should be talking. But also, your girl was right. I called it. Thank you. I mean, I still don't know what the fuck is going on with that, but. That's what all of that is about. But to be fair, all of us reject realities and substitute our own. Like, I feel like that's uh, a hallmark of all of the members of this show. And, I mean, y'all fuck with it. It's it's fine. But, you know, LOL at you, Diva. Like, sh- the, the first tenet of magical girls that we learned in New York is that just because a bitch does magic doesn't make her a magical does girl. Does not make her a magical girl. That's literally what was it? it fit my narrative, goddammit, so that's what it is. All right. It fit my narrative. Okay, so just, you know, whatever you feel like saying, like whether it goddamn makes sense or not, just, you know, live your life, diva. Um, but back to this, like, homunculus shit. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers going forward, but, like, shit gets, like, really dope. And when we tell you that anime has, um, that anime has, like, life gems, I think it is Sieg who says, um, I would rather fight for the life that I live than to just, like, idly die or whatever. And it's like, yes, life is worth, like, going after and, like, putting forth the effort to accomplish the shit. Like, it's more noble or more courageous to do that than to just, like, fucking let shit happen to you. Uh, so, like... Homunculi are, they're a lot more interesting than you would have thought, because, like, who gives a shit? Um, but also, like, don't use them as tools. It's not fair. It's it's like child soldiers. Like, it's like you know that you shouldn't use children, but it seems like every goddamn person in anime still does it. Um, but it gets back to the original point of at what point do you acknowledge the humanity of a individual? If you don't see your magical battery as a human... Like, if I pick up a Duracell, I'm not going to look at that bitch and be like, oh, you need to eat. You have hopes and dreams and things of that nature. So if you're approaching your homunculi with the same mindset I approach your random everyday Duracell battery, then that's how you end up there. But my thing is, how do you get to the point as a human being where you can see something that's humanoid? But how can you see something that looks somewhat like you and still disregard that it feels because like Zig, Zig got sick before he died, before he got Sigri's heart. He got sick. I, I mean, it's the same way people disregard humans that look like them. It's or the that same don't thing. look like them. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's in this in the fact that like we're human and like hum- we can't even appreciate regular ass human life. So there, yeah. let's start there. So maybe if we started and like not to be all heal the world and shit, but I mean, that's the reality. We don't even have, uh, I feel like it's a reflection of how the world works, right? We don't have a basic 
appreciation for everyday human life. If we did, then we people wouldn't be so quick to turn a blind eye or be so quick to like create humans for like war. Cause that's essentially what they're created for. They're created for war. So it's like, how can you look at some, well, cause they don't even respect regular human life. So why would, if you can't appreciate regular human life, why would you think that they would be able to respect something that remotely even looks like them? Yeah. Like, I don't know how a person who values other humans says that they're going to create a human that is specifically for the purpose, like for an expendable purpose. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't register or it doesn't connect, uh, in my mind. Um, it's all like fucking gross. Here's a question that I hadn't thought of until I started thinking about the full meta alchemist and monkey lie. Um, who were those children based off of? Which like, children? The the magical batteries? Yeah, the magical batteries. Who are they? I'm like, because they have faces. You know, they have eye colors and hair colors. Like, I know who my homunculi over in Fullmetal Alchemist land, like, who they're based off of. And, you know, how they kind of came to be, came to be what they are. But I don't know, like, where, who's the prototype for the homunculi is basically what I'm trying to get down to. What human? What humans are they? Are they basing them off of? I don't know. Darnick is really like terrible. Like he's been, but he's so like pretty. using. <laughs> okay, he's been using baby souls for like sixty years to stay alive. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he just stole a kid, like after the last Grail War, and just know. used them. I don't. I don't even think they're based on people. I just think it's like a generic thing. <clears throat> where did they get? Where did they get the genetic material to make the homunculi? they probably stole a baby right like if he was if he's willing <laughs> right. to be I mean, like a baby soul i mean yeah i mean you giving it real thought like they give a shit they probably stole some poor lady's baby or something like that they're well, rich not. hello and they've been alive for a while in their stupid fortress or some shit like with the backing of like all these other magical families or whatever um who are terrified of them i'm sure you, they could just go into town and steal a baby stolen babies it is I mean, I wish I had a better answer for you. <laughs> I wish there was something okay, I could point like to. Na- like now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, like where? Because even when you look at Father from Full Metal Alchemist, the original homunculus, his appearance is based off of it's just a pale imitation of Van Honenheim, because Hon- because Honenheim's blood was used to create him. So I'm just wondering, like you have to have source material from somewhere, but apparently I just. I just want things to be more dramatic than they are, apparently. You yeah, do I don't love think drama. it's that deep. Fine. Fine. And now, ladies and gents, it is time for Notice Me Senpai, where we answer questions that you, our lovely listeners, have sent in to us. So today we have, looks like two questions today. So um, since the holidays are approaching and everybody will have a little bit more free time, um, I'm going to answer this question. We're going to answer this question from Jeffrey McKinney at Jeffrey McKinney on Twitter. And he says, how many vacation days would it take to catch up on the anime that you want to see? <laughs> yes, that's the response. <laughs> Wait, what was, I, I blanked out. What the hell was the question? How many days would it take to catch up on the anime you want to see? Oh, child probably need a month. Easily. So let me let me just let me see let me do some quick math just based on the top what's on the top of my head. I know right about now I have I want to say twenty five series in my queue across various platforms. So based on about twenty five series at thirteen episodes per series, it would take me about seventeen days, seventeen work days, seventeen eight hour days. Yeah, I say a month because. Um... I, after, I mean, I like to binge on anime, but then, like, I also like to have, because I only watch subs, you know, I'm not about that dub life, fuck that shit, but um, I also like to have TV in the background where I don't have to, like, no, because sometimes you ever, like, watch anime and it's in Japanese, you walk out the room and then you remember, like, you you don't speak Japanese. <laughs> it happens to me. <laughs> like, I'm that just like, hey, girl, when like, you, you look at, when you watch some stuff. 
the rest of us are Shut your right <laughs> right and that's what i'm saying because i don't watch dub shows because anyway i don't watch dub shows so i i can't i sometimes just like to have tv on for background noise and so i wouldn't want to dedicate like eight hours a day to consume just straight up anime so i'm giving myself a good month i would give myself a good month that way i can f- still fit in my id channel shows because i'm a true crime junkie and then i could watch shit like Floribama shore on mtv because that's oh, ma'am i don't even know you anymore girl it is so it is like old mtv trashiness i love it um but I need to catch up on like other stuff. Like I love anime, but also I like to also watch other things. And I also need just TV on in the background. And I don't speak Japanese, and sometimes I forget, and then I have to go back and rewind. And so I'm giving myself a month. Yeah, I would probably say somewhere between 17 days in a month. Like. To get caught up on an anime, I would even say 80% is sufficient for me to feel caught up on something, unless it's something that I'm, like, obsessed with. But I have an embarrassing amount of anime to watch, and somehow I only find myself watching, like, the same thing, episode by episode, but so, so, so much shit to watch. Um, And I don't have, like, a holiday break, like, it's not like I have a bunch of days, uh, like uninterrupted or something where I'll be off work. So I I would say like maybe three weeks because I wouldn't want to watch anime for eight hours a day anyway. Uh, I would need to break it up with some other shit. Okay, I'm feeling real shame because I've done that on more than one occasion. I mean, that's your (laughs) life. Live your truth. I'm just saying like I've had days where, yes, do I only watch, I've only watched anime. Yes, but then I have other shows that I'm, interested in watching so yeah give myself a month i don't even have that many episodes like there are not that many shows i think that i'm currently like hyped over right now i'm really waiting for the 2018 stuff to drop because i feel like there's a lot of cool stuff coming out next year and i'm pretty much caught up on everything that i am currently watching and i haven't like there's new stuff that i've started but it hasn't captured my attention for example evil or die i tried it i couldn't get into it i tried to watch king's game like i'm giving you know i'm giving you three i'm giving you a smooth three episodes and i'm just like yeah this is just not for me so i'm just sticking to the rivers and the lakes that i'm used to until something else comes along and like i said i think the stuff that i probably will be more into watching is gonna come out at the top of the year same same it like a lot of the simulcast stuff i haven't really been able to either i haven't been able to sit down to watch or really been that deep into i feel like the shit that i like i've been watching but i'm with tam i want to see what like that new new stuff is going to be in 2018 because i feel like it's going to be like very fire um and i still am praying desperately for sarah for the end to come back and i feel like if i say it enough times then the most I will hear my prayers and return it to me. Uh, but it it's mostly just like, I don't have as much anime as everyone else, I think. Uh, I might be slacking a little bit, but please bear with me. Alrighty, and um, our last question comes from Langston Harrison um, at Langston H um, on Twitter. Hi guys, I'm a big fan of your show. My question is, if you had an unlimited budget... Who would you cosplay as? And how much do you think your outfit would cost? When you say unlimited budget, do I get to get a new body? Yeah, it says unlimited budget. It says unlimited budget. So there are no other qualifiers other than unlimited budget. I see. I said understood. Uh, I'm giving you a smooth $100,000 because I need a new body. First true, of all, true, true, true. Um, and then like I'm gonna need a trainer to make sure the body remains tight. Um, if I right now like the person I feel like I would cosplay, there are a couple. I like Tiger from Juni Tyson, um, and especially now that I know her backstory a little bit more, um, I think I would cosplay. And then you know also Kitties. Um, and, um, Merlin from Seven Deadly Sins. I'm too short to be Diane, but I, 
if I was a more um, Amazonian in height, I would definitely do her because I think she's awesome. And that's all I can think of right now. Also, maybe I would just be fucking Kino because fucking Kino's outfit is fucking chill. I still would. I don't want to be a fat Kino, but I like Kino's little motorcycleta outfit that she got going on in Kino's journey because Kino stays strapped. So I would have like cool fake guns. I'm giving you super raunchy, but I'm also giving you like chill. I could probably find some really easy things, but I still want a new body. So I'm really just going to use the unlimited budget to just give me like the whole new body. That's True. Correct. Really what I want. <laughs> yeah. Like I just want, <laughs> I just want, um, Ooh, also, you know, whose body was quietly banging my girl, Sarah's. Sarah's quietly, yes. yo, Sarah's quietly was coming through. So I'm going to ask Sarah's to the mix too, because I felt like Sarah's is slept on um, because she was kind of like, she not stupid, but she was trying to process becoming a vampire. You know what I'm she's saying? She's not, not but, stupid. But she's not dumb. And she always came through in the clutch with the yoppers. And so... Sarah's is an honorary bad bitch, and so I'm going to throw her into the mix. Okay. Diva, do you want to go, or should I go? Um, I'll go. Um, There's one cosplay I've been wanting to do for so long, but it's, like, hella complicated and elaborate, and that's Lulu from Final Fantasy X. Um, that would easily run to do it properly, I want to say about 25 grand. Because I want, like, the most luxurious fabrics. I want, like, my hair sticks to have, like, real jade and, like, ivory in them. Like, I'm talking, like, luxury and opulence. And then my little um, my little stuffed animal guy whose name I can't remember that I'm always holding and using him to cast spells. Like, I want him to be made of, like, alpaca and cashmere. I don't know. <laughs> but... Like her costume, like her outfit is just like so dope. And ever since I see, ever since I saw her, like the first time I played Final Fantasy X, I was like, I want her. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'd probably get by with like maybe about twenty five grand. I fuck with the vision. So I need uh, your pay. Your your your, Jama- your Jamaican is coming out, diva. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about jade sticks and opulence. It's I mean, we don't blame you. He said the budget was unlimited. Um, I, too, would just be like, let me just download the anime Bay body. Like, I have more or less the shape, although my boobs aren't the size of my head. Um, but on the most chill end would be Mikasa from uh, Attack on Titan because I like her gear type situation. I think it's very cute. Uh, and also Garnet from Steven Universe. Those are like the most relaxed versions and then on the upper version probably mume from cabinary of the iron fortress um i would want actual um weapons on my feet like whatever the the shoes that she wears that also are swords or whatever on the bottom i definitely would fucking want that uh another possibility is dn because i am actually tall so uh that would probably require the least amount of manipulation to dress up like somebody. Like I could probably cosplay as DM like right now. Uh, but I would like to download. Yeah, you could. yeah like, but I want to download the Instagram baddie uh, body package, whatever that is. Uh, but the less extreme version. Um, so I could still like wear regular <laughs> clothes. So I wouldn't have to buy all of my clothes exclusively from Instagram boutiques. <laughs> um, Cause you know how that is. Like once you get like the, the, like the body download or whatever, all of a sudden the only pants you can wear are spandex and that kind of shit. No, 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 no. Like tasteful, you know, you know, easy, easy. Uh, but yeah, those are all like, I like, like having weapons. So Mume shit is like dope as fuck. Um, also her name is escaping me, but one of the characters from Seraph at the end, uh, the one who had the giant scythe, because I would want a real scythe. And I am assuming that those are very expensive. So, uh, and somehow I'd want it to be light, not heavy. So I'm sure weapons engineers would have to figure that out for me. Uh, but yeah, that's, those are the kind of shit that I would want to like cosplay as. Okay. So, um, cause I watched a lot of Black Butler and remembering that, um, we have a Jack the Ripper and Fate Apocrypha made me Ooh. remember 
Her outfit is like kind of cute though. I want that. I want her Which, to put on okay, more clothes. So, yeah, where are her panties? Okay, she's a child. If I I don't know, but maybe she's doing like the little girl thing because that's that's. But she's child presenting, so that's all that really matters. She's right, presenting and, as a right. child. She's a she is in my head until whatever. She's a baby, and so I just want to know why she was wearing floss as panties. Where are her panties, and why her mama giving her feeding her all these damn hearts but don't got the child wearing some like she couldn't even get like some high waist bikini cut draws like i would be cool with that but she got floss she has on floss okay and i'm just i'm i mean that's a hot outfit but there's a child and so i'm a little disturbed and concerned yeah but um from that jack the ripper i'm going to um go to madam red who is black butler's jack the ripper um, just because it's Victorian England, like once again, like just look, just luxury and opulence. And she gives you like, I'm that rich bitch, but I'm also cool. Like I'm throwing parties and smoking cigars with the fellas, but I don't want none of y'all. Hey, this is Deadly Diva and you're listening to Outlaw Bars presented by Fanbro Show. Make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Capos Corner, where our recommendation Capos Show Pay tells us what we should be watching. Hey friends, so I know last time I wasn't able to give you some hot fire, but I stumbled on su- stumbled upon something on Hulu that's kind of cute, and I'm still trying to feel out, but I feel like maybe you guys would like it, because it's really fucking weird. Um, it's called Tokyo Raven, and you have a young boy, his name is um, Hamturo, and apparently he comes from an Omnio family. So a family of mages that fights demons. Like we're familiar with Omnioji from Nura of the Yokai clan squad. Nura. Right. Uh, so somehow he doesn't have any kind of magical powers. Poor thing. Uh, but also he's lazy and he's kind of like a bum. Uh, his friends try to encourage him like, hey, you probably could have some sort of magical power if you tried. And he's like, no, you know, I don't even care about that kind of stuff. I don't even want it. You know how slackers be talking shit? Like, they're fucking lying about how they don't want to be a part of the thing when really they just don't want to exert, like, the energy. And essentially, he is part of a branch family, and one of his, like, cousins or whatever is, like, going to be the new head. And he's like, great, now, like, the pressure is off of me. I don't have to worry about it. He has a girl best friend and a guy best friend, so, you know, a trio, like the Harry Potter treatment, friends of, you know, three friends. And the girl has a crush on him. He has a crush on her. And randomly they're like at a festival or something. And someone comes looking for his cousin and thinks that his cousin is him. So she like challenges him to a fight. And the Omnio, uh, Omnio mage police show up. And she basically like wipes them off the map. Like she obviously is like a badass and she's looking for like this, this, her, his cousin, I think her name is like Natsumi. And he's so confused. He doesn't realize that she doesn't know that he's not the right person. And once she finds out, she gets really annoyed. So she like makes out with him. And when it's happening, you're like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? You find out she like put a familiar in him when she made out with him as kind of like a tracking device. And as the story expands, you find out that like, she's like the fucking worst and somebody dies and he finally like gets his shit together in the sense that he realizes he can't just be a slacker all the time. And I just like the fight scenes thus far. And I like seeing like shit characters who decide that they're not going to be shit their whole lives. Um, I'm only two episodes in, so that's the disclaimer. If it sucks, shut up. I've given you so much other good content. Okay. Don't be a hater all your life. Um, but it comes subbed and dubbed. So obviously I've been watching it dubbed, but the rest of the team would have been watching it subbed. And I think that there are two seasons because there's like 25 episodes on Hulu. So Tokyo Ravens, um, again, you should fucking be watching the ancient Magus's bride. Um, 
And you should be watching Junie Tyson because that's what the other two members of the team talk about all the time. Like, nigga, just, if you are not watching Junie Tyson, why are you fuck? not watching? What the you fuck? What I mean? Also, <laughs> I'm still gonna hype. I'm still gonna hype Kino's journey because I feel like it is so underrated, but it's just so beautiful with like just enough action to like keep you intrigued. Like it is, it is. It is going to make me give slice of life anime more of a chance. So, so that's if that that says anything. Like no, because you know my issue with not ever really had an issue with slice of life. I just always I'm always like I'm very y'all know I'm very anti kawaii like super kawaii stuff, and I was afraid that a lot of slice of life would be like that or just be like just drab um but i um was so pleasantly surprised with kino's journey like it's just it's just so good guys like y'all should really watch it and more importantly like if you're not watching juni tyson i don't even know why i'm gonna just keep saying it Dave and i are just gonna keep hyping it up because okay, listen, this, sh- listen, this shit is real i'm gonna give y'all one i'm gonna give y'all one chance now I get it. You know, life may be hectic. You know, maybe your queue is hella deep, like our queue is hella deep. So you're like, yeah, I'm gonna get around to it, this that, and the other. Let me tell you what I'm gonna do for you. So because so much has happened, and I swear I've missed something. I know I've had to have missed something. I am going to rewatch Junie Tyson on Christmas Day. What you can do is hop on the Crunchyroll at the same time that I'm on the Crunchyroll and you can watch along with me and you can scream in your living room or your bedroom and have your mama thinking that you might be having some type of psychotic breakdown. I might do that as well if if my mom doesn't have me slaving. Um, But I did, this is kind of like anime news-ish, but I did see that there, uh, I think I read it on Crunchy's timeline today, that they're coming out with like a second novel and it's going to be like Chinese Zodiac versus Western, Western Zodiac. Zodiac. Yep. Bitch, I'm hyped. Like if they made that into season, so it's going to be like the he- kind of like heroes versus thieves. Dog, if they made that into the second season, I'm going to flip the table and run around the sanctuary because I know it's going to be that fire. Okay. That Like that's, I'm, that's how excited I am about like this series. Okay, it is like the best of 2017, and I'm just <sighs> okay. I'm gonna stop now. So I have a coworker who sits behind me, and she watches it as well. And she was like, "Have you seen it?" I was like, "No, I haven't seen it." She was like, "You need to watch it." So I'm watching it on lunch, and this heifer is watching me watch it. And there are moments where literally, like, I take my earbuds out, I throw them at the screen, and I'm like, "Fuck this, I'm done." <laughs> It's over. <laughs> yeah, it's stressful. It was stressful. I, I I watched it at work too, and I was like try like covering my mouth, trying not to try not to scream at okay, my you dad. You know what? You are better than me because I smooth was like, oh heck no, Mm-mm. I didn't cuss though. You'd be proud of me. I didn't cuss, but I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like I'm sitting there. I have a chair with like the the roller balls. <laughs> Did you like, roll out your cubicle? Did yes, you I roll just, out? I just rolled out. <laughs> I was like, yo, fuck this. Yeah, guys, it's like, life. It's it's so it's so good, and the fact that like you have, tw- I think it's eleven episodes up right now. Like you don't even have to be like me and Diva. We had to wait weekly. At least I waited weekly. Like you could binge watch this joint. Exactly. You could, you could binge watch. I imagine the stress of trying to wait every week for a new episode. I just ugh. okay. We're rambling again. Watch yes. Junie Tyson. Watch Junie watch, Tyson. Watch the Ancient Magus's Bride. Watch Kino's Journey. Um, my watch sister Tokyo Ravens. <laughs> watch Tokyo Ravens. My sister did say um, that. What's the one that you had mentioned? I think the last episode about the apartment. Oh, um, the elegant yokai apartment. She said that one is, I think she was watching it before you had mentioned, but she says that is cute. And the MMA addict one I also hear is really good. That's actually in my queue to watch. Yeah, that's in my queue too. But like we said, also, if you are free on Christmas, um, Christmas day, um, I'll probably get started around like 10, 11 o'clock. I'll definitely tweet out and let you guys know. So if you want to watch Juni Tyson with me, all 12 episodes by then. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. Tomorrow's a new episode. Jesus Christ. It's the last one. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch it at work. Oh, 
Listen. Oh wait, I don't have work tomorrow. Fuck, I'm gonna watch that. You know what? Shut up. Shut up. Yes. Shut up. This episode is over. This. (laughs) So that is it. That is it for this episode of Outlaw Bars. If you have any questions, comments, cares, concerns, suggestions, um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Outlaw Bars Pod. Or you can email us, and the email address is outlawbars at fanbros.com. We also want to remind you that we will be resuming Outlaw Views with Fate Apocrypha on December 30th, and we'll be watching episodes 9 through 12 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, So keep an eye out for that. Um, If you're not going to be a rude bitch and talk about how you don't have to work when Junie Tyson is coming out, then you can find me on Twitter at Dudley Diva. And ladies, except for Tam, you can let the people know <laughs> where they you can find her. you. Wow, that was a lot. Um, there was a lot of shots being fired. We just thank God that I was not consumed. Uh, please find me on Twitter at Simply Chopay. Um, if you're watching The Ancient Magus' Bride, please can we talk about it? If you've watched the most recent episode, nigga. Oh my god. Just I just need someone else to spaz out with. Uh so if you could be that person for me, if you are that somebody like Aaliyah says, holler at your girl. Oh, it's me, your girl Tam. You can find me at Bruja Bantan. Um and I tweet on the hashtag for Juni Tyson, which is hashtag twelve Tyson, because Steve explained why they did it like that. So um, if you're not watching, you should probably mute it because that's what I use. And if you're watching Kino's Journey, I think there's like one other person <laughs> that watches Kino's Journey. Please, let's talk about that as well. Happy holidays. Happy Honda days. Happy holidays. <laughs> no, I said happy Honda days. Happy holidays, whichever ones you celebrate. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.